for my theory. You want to start? You want to start with the hello, everybody? How about you start with hello? If, but it's high, everybody. I start really high, but you can start with hello if you want. Okay. Everybody, I'm Mario. I'm the developer of this show. And a random fact about me is that I actually blocked a basketball shot from an NBA star and the captain, ex-captain of the Croatian national basketball team, Roko Ukic. I did it when we were both 12 and when we played basketball together, but still I found a check mark that not many people on their CV have. So there you go. Okay, that's not bad. Well, my name is Tom and I'm the designer in this duo. And a random fact about me is that I know Top Gun movie line by line. I can quote the entire movie. This is how many times I've seen it. Mm. So talk to me, Goose. Tell me what the day topic is. The day topic is, before we go to the day topic, I just have to say, uh, I know The Last Boy Scout by heart, probably Terminator 2 and things like that. But Top Gun is a good choice. I don't know Top Gun by heart. I'll have to watch it a few more times to learn. <laughs> the topic of the day, me versus freelancer versus business owner versus whatever may rock your boat. Pros, cons, experiences, why somebody should opt for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. What are the benefits? What are the less benefits? And so on. So the, the actual topic came from a question that was asked in one of the online communities where one guy asked, should he start as an employee, gain experience, become a freelancer, and then become a business owner and run a business that built software? This is where we kind of had this conversation. And then we said, let's talk about this here. Uh, and how about you go first? Because I know you have an interesting take on this. And then I'll go. So I had exactly the trajectory that you now described. I started and I finished the uh, university. In university, I used to work as a student, so I was like an employee, I guess. And then after I graduated, got a job because I wanted to learn how a company works. But my goal was always to have my own software development company. After, after a couple of years, three years doing working in a company, it was a great company. It was Lemux. Lemux is a great software for tour operators and tourism agents. And if anybody from Lemux is listening, hello guys, you're doing an amazing job. They're actually an amazing company. Their founder is a great guy who pushed through a brick wall. And I think they are now one of the top five softwares in the industry. So shout out to Linux. After three years there, I said, okay, I think I've learned a lot. Let me try how it works on my own. So I opened a company at the time I was the only employer. So in Croatia, you at the time didn't really have a legal way to work as a freelancer. You would have to start a company to be able to invoice somebody or you would have to do it illegally or you would have to have like, we call it a trade, but basically you need a legal entity. So I opened a company and worked as a freelancer for six, seven years. And then I decided, okay, let's see if I can build a business out of this. If I can build an agency, if I can hire people, if I can do all that. So I have experience with all three, all three have pluses and minuses. Uh, three are fun, but uh, let's first hear your story and your trajectory, and then we can see what we would change and what we wouldn't. Yeah. So the question was asked in the group for digital nomads. So it kind of, the preface was that the guy valued freedom because otherwise he wouldn't be in the group for digital nomads. And my response was that there are certain obligations that come with being a business owner. 
that will not give you the freedom and flexibility that digital nomad freelancer has, especially if you are running a business, employ people and working with customer and clients, especially in today's market where you're working with clients across the globe. And if you want to be a digital nomad, you're going to be probably in very different time zones. I don't think that's a viable idea if you want to value the freedom because owning your business takes a lot of time and energy and does not give you the freedom to just take off for a month, two, three, or five. Maybe at some point, but not when you're starting out. So if you want to start a business, that's great. You can skip being an employee and being a freelancer. You can just start a business right out of the door. You don't have to be a software developer to own a software developer business. Uh, if you want to gain experience, my advice would be for sure, find a job, get a job, gain some experience, see how the industry works, see what your main value is as an individual contributor, and then go into freelancing, find a client and work in your own schedule, in your own time, when and how it suits you. And then if you want to consider running a business and this is boring to you, then by all means do it. But don't think that you have to do the trajectory that you had in order to start a business. I completely agree. So I wouldn't, I started off as an employee because I wanted to learn the industry. And I think that during those three years, I not only, hey, when you come out of university, you, if you want to be a software developer, when you come out of university, you're juniorish, you know, the theory, you know, a lot about, uh, you know, little about a lot of stuff, but you're not really good at anything. You don't have a real project under your belt. You have some, you know, demo exercises that you did for courses and things like that, but you never actually built something from zero to end that is delivered to clients that actual clients are using, that actual clients are giving feedback on, creating support tickets on and things like that. So I think everybody should have that experience under their belt. And I'm really glad that I had it. I'm also really glad that in that company, I progressed not only from, as you can see, I'm a little bit of a loudmouth. So very quickly, they figured out, okay, this guy can be a great developer, but this guy can be a little bit more. He can explain to clients what we do, how we do, talk to them on a client level to understand that on a technical level and things like that. So I kind of got pushed in that direction, which also got me a great understanding on how the things work from that end, which is also an amazing experience. And based on all of those experiences, I was, I felt ready. Okay. Now I'm going to go on my own. Going on my own was always an ambition because I had the ambition that I like to build. My first direction on my own was that I was a freelancer working for others, but just freelancing. And yes, I would say that that is the most flexible because you can say, okay, now I'm going to work for six months and now I'm going to go six months skiing to Bansko in Bulgaria and I don't care. I'm going to travel the world now and work for somebody. And then when I don't feel like it, I won't and things like that. That's nice. And it also gives you great experience. It teaches you how to talk to people. It teaches you how to own up, how to be responsible, how to, when you promise to deliver something, how to actually deliver it, how not to overpromise under deliver, but vice versa and so on, how to always be available, how to communicate well and things like that. So it's also, there's a lot of value. And I think if you value freedom the most, that's the best. However, I wanted to start my own company and I wanted to see if I can get a team of people that are, that is building stuff. The only problem is if you do that and if you are, if you become a CEO, then you A, become responsible for the well-being of others, which means that you are in charge whether their salaries get to their bank account on the first of the month. And if you're doing your job well and if everything's going okay, you should be able to do that. But you're responsible of doing that. So if 
shit hits the fan, you're still responsible for doing it. And the great thing about being on your own, whether as a freelancer or an owner, is that when things are going great, then it's like, yeah, that was all me. It's going great because of me. However, when shit hits the fan, then it's, ah, that was all me. And that's something that I wanted. And that's something that I'm really glad I have. I'm not sure everybody agrees with it. And when all of that includes being responsible for other people's salaries and everything, it's not as freedomish anymore. So I can't technically, you know, tomorrow say, okay, guys, I'm going on a vacation. I won't be here for two months. But either I'm really good at management and somebody's going to do my job for the next two months or whatever I do doesn't get done. And then when you come back from that holiday, what now? That's the, so I've seen this on, I've seen a clip somewhere online a couple of days ago where a guy said that if you cannot step away from your business as an owner, you just bought yourself a job. You're not a business owner. You're just an employee that has a stake in the business. But if you can't step away from, from, if you cannot step away from your business, you are the business. So you have a job. So this does not make you a business owner. This makes you an employee in a business that you just have a stake in, which makes sense, right? So the ultimate okay. goal of a business is to be separate from the business and that business thrives without you. While you are your business, you're just an employee. Correct. While oh, I currently function in uh, one of my companies as an owner and a CEO and another one as an owner and a CTO, yeah, while I'm the CEO, I am the employee. While I'm the CEO, I am the employee. If I manage to find somebody to replace me on the CEO position and I just remain the owner, then I have full freedom of, you know, guys, I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm not at that phase in this in my career yet. Hopefully, I, I'm looking forward to being in that place in my career. But uh, from this point, I think it's still too early, several years. What is the... Like, what are the steps you're taking or thinking of taking towards the direction to remove yourself and yourself from your business? One of the things that I really suck at, and I don't know how well you do this, at delegating stuff. And I've read all of the rules. I've read all of the guides. I read that if somebody can do it at least 70% as good as you, then you must delegate it immediately. Yada, yada. Uh, I know the theory, and as we all know, theory and practice are the same thing in theory. I've never been able to put it in this really. Though recently we hired a dear lady that is now doing a bunch of administration and a bunch of financial stuff and a bunch of things that was eating up my time. And after seeing how much time that liberates for me, like hiring and delegating is definitely the way to go. I'm still not good at it, but I'm learning. Yeah, I, uh, I suck at delegating. I'm why? I, uh, same thing. It's always it's always I can do it really well and then I'm, uh, I'm trying to control everything and i had a couple of really great examples of where i hired a designer to do a job with me but not for me this is the difference because even though i think this designer is not only good but even better than me i still wanted to have like the control because i think i know what the client wants because I was in a position where I, where I negotiated a project, I knew what they were looking for, what they wanted to achieve. And I think it was also to a degree where I was afraid that I'm not communicating well 
the vision that I have, the design, what designer wants. So I kind of stayed, I wasn't hands-on, but I was kind of there, not involved, but overlooking and giving feedback and, and doing stuff like that. Yes. Uh, at one point, I could have let go, but in the beginning, it was more like hands-on. By, by, by halftime, it's kind of, I was, okay, cool, you do this now, and I can relax and focus my thing, my focus on other things within the project. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to expand on that work working with that particular person. So it was like a one-off project and we did a couple of smaller projects because it's I'm still doing my freelancing thing. So it's not that I'm running an agency full-time and now this, is, this person is employed. And I got to a point where, what do I want to do? Do I actually want to hire people, scale an agency? Or do I want to retain the freedoms that I have and take three months off and not do any work because I can. Uh, and I did hire people before when I was younger, a bit more enthusiastic. And like you said, it was a big obligation. I lost slip. I couldn't feel the all of the freedom that I wanted and the reason what I, why I started the business and why I quit my job because I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. And then started hiring people, starting doing the thing. And I was like, ah, this is not it. This is again, a different, form of chains that I didn't like. So I kind of gave up on that. And now I'm again in a position where I know how to do this, but do actually want to do this. And maybe I will where when I get to a point where I'm a little bit more chill and don't have anything else to do. But at the moment, I still want to travel. I still want to do like all the talks and conferences and do my workshops and do this podcast and da-da-da and da-da-da. And, and while I'm doing all of that, I can't put myself 100% in the business. And I think it wouldn't be fair towards people that I would be hiring. So I'm rather fine where I am at the moment. That's true. I don't have that problem. I mean, I'm, like you said, when you're an owner, you're an owner, but I'm also a CEO, so I am a full-time employee. But And I'm aware of that. But that's not the thing that bothers I'm not sure if I should say bothers or bothered me. But the thing that bothered me was I started a company that would build software so I can build software. And I love building software. I love the fact that it's an idea, nothing exists. Then you start coding, building module after module things, features, designs, all, all of that looks nice. And then in the end, you have an actual app that a client can start, click, do something. It helps them with their job and everything. As the company grows, I literally, I don't develop anymore for, for, for my company. I'm more into sales and job acquisition. You know, finding uh, new potential clients. I'm into finding new potential employees. I'm into organizing everything. I'm into handling the finance. So basically, while I am sure that the whole machine that builds the software works, I'm not necessarily the one building the software anymore. <laughs> so that's kind of a thing that was a pain for me because it kind of contradicted what I wanted. But understanding the bigger picture, somebody has to do side of the work as well. And again, I mentioned in previous episode or episodes that all of the developers are taught that they are God-given gifts to, to Earth and that we build products, we are developers, we are the most amazing thing ever. And we often don't understand that there is a whole part of the business like sales, marketing, revenue control, cost control, support, maintenance, whatever, that developers are too good to do but underestimate how tricky it is, how challenging it can be, how much effort it takes, and so on. So basically, you became a business developer, not a, not a I software a, developer. 
I became a secretary. Yeah. So when we but, <laughs> when we come on client calls, then me and my CTO come on a call usually. And then they ask us, what technologies do you do? And then uh, we do .NET, we do JavaScript, we do Angular, we do React, Node, whatever. And then he also says, and Mario does Outlook and Microsoft Word as well. <laughs> yeah, so if somebody wants to decide what should they do with their career and they want to run a software development business, would you tell them that they don't need to become a developer and they can you can run a business and learn all of the things that you're doing now without coding? Or they should learn how to code before they start a software development business? They don't necessarily need to become a developer. It's useful. It's useful for... So I'm going to give it to you from my perspective, why I think it's good that... Why well, I think it's good that people in high positions in companies know how the work in low positions in that company is done. I mean, you're a manager of, I don't know, sawmill. But if you've never actually cut down a tree, then you can manage people. You can take statistics and say, these guys need to cut down this, this many acres and all of that. But if you've never cut down a tree, then you won't understand when they come back and say, this is a problem. You won't understand when they miss a deadline. You won't understand, you know, you won't understand if there are legitimate reasons for any issues or they are just BS. You won't understand if your estimations or business plans are sound or are they just, you know, beautiful numbers on paper. You won't have that deep understanding of the job. So this is why I think that my me understanding roughly how I would do a project on a high level makes me a good person for a client to talk to because I can't talk really like a human understanding their language thing while also having in the back of my head how roughly it could be done or what could be a challenge that is un, that is not possible to do, you know? Not necessarily, going back to your original question, not necessarily a software developer. But it would be great to have for a person to have participated in some software development projects, either as technical support or as a PM or as a designer or as a just person documenting meetings from minutes from meetings, but just to have an understanding how the whole process works, so that you have an understanding of how the whole process works. And again, this is just my two cents. I know that there are people who run companies and don't have never tried doing what the company does. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I, I would kind of assume that a McDonald's franchise manager never flipped a burger, but I might be wrong. I doubt it. I think I that actually the company that holds the company that holds the company that holds the franchise in Croatia for McDonald's, I think, is one of the big meat meat companies, and I'm pretty sure the owner has slaughtered the pig. You know. So, but you can buy a franchise and, and not yeah, like you can buy a franchise tomorrow and not like we well you and I you both flipped the burgers numerous times over barbecue but uh but yeah by the um, way any decent any decent Croat that you know has the, the guts to look at himself in the mirror has flipped a burger if they have not then it's like oh do what have you been oh, doing with your life uh don't get canceled don't get canceled by all the all the vegetarian and vegan croats now it's like you just no, no, no. all of those like they're not decent croats you're gonna no. get canceled mario no canceled. no 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 you can actually flip vegan burgers i have flipped vegan burgers uh, uh, <laughs> i have flipped mushrooms on barbecue and all that so you can't do okay but... flip so flipping substances Flipping of various, <laughs> various ingredients. 
<laughs> makes you a decent Croat. Okay, I'll I'll uh, try to remember that one next time I'm in eastern part of Croatia and tell them that. Uh, I will get booed off stage, but doesn't matter. Uh, but excellent to come to you. You asked about my trajectory, and I can tell you one thing that was one of the major mistakes that I did be between being an MD and then quitting my job and starting a company. And I thought like, yeah, fuck those guys. I can do this better. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do the job better. I'm going to be cheaper. Uh, I'm going to have more money. Like I started with the philosophy of these people are charging so much more for this work that I'm being. I thought that just because they're charging more and I'm getting paid less that I'm going to win by cutting out the middleman and just charging less. This is how stupid I was. And uh, started the first company without reading a book on business, without understanding the difference between personal and a company tax. Like nothing. I went in, good day, uh, government employees. I, I would like to start a company. And they're like, okay, sure. Sign this paper, pay this money. Go, have your business. And then I drove it into the ground in a year which was not surprising at all in hindsight. But now that I know more, I would tell people, hey, read a book or two. Uh, if, if it would be great if there's like a, you know, like a pregnancy test, you can take like you pee on the thing and then it tells you that you're pregnant or not. It, it would be great if there could be like a pee test for people that want to be entrepreneurs. Like you pee on the piece of stick and it tells you like, you know what, read a couple of books and then try again. Like you're not ready to be a business owner. That would be amazing. And, Can I just uh, just expand on that idea? Yes, that we should have that for voting as well. Oh, yeah. You stick, you pee on a stick, and then tell it, don't vote. Go read a few books. <laughs> oh, dude, I would do that for everything. I would have a pee stick for everything that needs a couple of books, right? You're in, you're you're in everywhere everyone. on all the boards that shrink. It would be even great. Imagine that instead of a pregnancy test, you pee on a stick to see, like, are you eligible to have a kid? Not even like not physically. But how about, you know, read a couple of books. But yeah, let's not saw. go there. I'm, I'm going to go into stand-up comedy and this is not a place to, to talk about it. People are going to take me serious. Like, look at this guy. He wants to <laughs> he wants to make people pee on things. And oh it sounds like I'm police. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if you saw the movie Idiocracy. For me, it's a really a poor attempt of American comedy. But the initial intro scene on how we got there is amazing. So if anybody wants to have a good laugh, watch the first, I don't know, six minutes of Idiocracy and then switch it off. You say movie, I would say documentary called Idiocracy. <laughs> but... <laughs> Again, after the first six minutes, if you switch it off, then documentary is probably... Yeah. Uh, anyway, one of the things that I was uh, doing poorly when I was doing these things where I would be doing a talk or where it was, when people asked me, hey, how do I become a freelancer or whatever? It's like, oh, quit your job. And start doing the thing, which in hindsight was a very bad advice because I don't know you. I don't know what's your life situation. I don't know if you have a mortgage or six mouths to feed. And here I was professing from on high. Like, oh, yeah, quit your job and have a lot of money and do the thing. And then I realized how stupid I was. So now I kind of switched my advice back to know what you want, know where you want to be, know what you want to do, understand what you actually know and what is the skill that you have that is marketable and then see how that compares to others and how much money you can actually make before you go out and quit your job and do the thing. So it's kind of do it, but give it a year 
and do it smartly. Just because I was stupid and I ran head first into a wall. And don't do that. Don't don't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also did it. It's actually fun. Well, it is fun when you're in your early 20s, when you're 35 plus and you have a wife and kids and mortgage and the people have, that's not fun anymore because then it's stressful. And especially if you hire people and they have all of those things and it just multiplies and yep. so give it, give it a couple of years and be smart about that's it. That's true. On the other hand, I don't know. So going back to the initial guy that started the discussion, if he wants to be a company owner, or like a CEO running the company, then he has to, he, she, I don't know, they have to understand that their job is to actually run the company. So their job is to do everything from servicing a company so that people who are hired can do their job well. And literally in intelligence, I've gone from business trips to, to London to scrubbing toilets because toilets are something my employees needed to do their job well. And also me being present at a conference in London is something that could bring business to my company, which could enable my employees to do their job well. So, I don't know. People are usually seeing only the glamorous side of it and not necessarily seeing the messed up side of it. But I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know what, what's the glamorous part of it. Well, which one, which part is the glamorous part? Uh, I might be missing a couple of, uh, but everything depends on, again, what you want, right? I would even say, well, I like two feelings. I like the feeling when you have a stranger for a client and then you talk to them and then they explain them your values and they realize it and they say, okay, you're the person, you're the team to hire. That's great. And I like the fact that, you know, you come in the end and say, okay, this project is concluded. The client is happy. They leave a beautiful close review and all of that. And they're actually happy with something that my team has built. We built this thing from scratch. It works. It's awesome. It solves a problem. Somebody's life is better because of it. Uh, that makes me happy. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's a great feeling. <laughs> the level of enthusiasm that you're... Yeah, that's amazing. I know. <laughs> I, I went into a thinking mode of all of the people that came back with like, oh, this is great and thank you and da-da-da. And there was one one of the first clients ever that I got in my first business. He was a it was a coach, like a bus transportation business. So he owned a couple of buses. And uh, this is how cheap I was. I built a website for this guy, designed and built it, everything from scratch, coded did the whole 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 shebang. I did everything. Redid the logo, did some branding work. I was everything guy back then. So you need a logo, I'm your guy. You need business cards, I'm your guy. Website, your guy. Front end, your guy. Now it's better. I'm going to do everything. Uh, and this is how cheap I was because when I told him the price and we were done, he paid me in cash from his wallet and then gave me a little extra. Like he actually left a tip. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I might be too cheap at this point. Maybe. He, he left a cash tip of, I think if I did math to date would be around like around 20 bucks tip. Uh, and, and I got a pen on the shoulder, like thanks kid. And that's what happened. But you have to do, you have to have a job like that. And even regardless whether you start freelancing or whether you start your own company, you will on your first jobs, you will sell yourself. And there is no, there is no podcast. There is no designer. There is no developer. 
none of us can tell you that you're more expensive than that and you're better than that. You have to learn that by doing two projects so underpriced and and so much scope creep and do all of the fuck ups that we all did to understand, okay, on my next project, I really shouldn't allow scope creep. Okay, on my next project, I really shouldn't tell you myself. Okay, on my next project, when I do an estimate and the estimate is going to take a month, I'm going to know that I'm going to fuck up the estimate. So I'm going to tell the client two months just to be on the safe side. And things end up taking two and a half, but you're good. So all of these things are things that you can read in books, but there is no way that you will understand those lessons from books. You will make those same mistakes. And I think that's the only way to, to learn them. I, I don't know if you've been smarter no, than no, me no. or is oh, just no. being dumb, but like <laughs> those mistakes is, is... I was not smarter than you. I can't tell you that. And uh, I think no one is. I might be wrong. There are probably outliers out there. But once you learn the lesson on your own skin, then, think, then it sits with you. Then you understand it. Once you actually go through it. And I'm, I'm going to tell you one more story where I was cheap. This was where I upped the prices from the first one. And this is now way more expensive. And I'm going to tell you exactly how much it was because I remember, I, I think this was burned into my mind forever. I did branding work. So I did complete logo brand book, entire branding. It was for a beauty salon, like all of the female services, like hair, nails, skin, and everything. So this is the place that did all of the things that women do when they go in there. So they did everything. So I did logo, the entire brand book, everything that they did uh, as like a gift things and all the printables, all the business cards. I did design for Christmas coffee mugs. So they had like, thank you for their customers. Find the website, uh, build the landing page, build the code and everything, like build the entire thing. And then design the uh, the front glass of the, of the business, design all of the graphics for it. And then with my partner at the time and I, we put it ourselves. So we actually stick the thing onto the glass and in November with freezing hands. <laughs> and he did even that. So like I was your guy for everything, literally. Uh, and including 300 coffee mugs printed and delivered, the graphics for the windows printed, delivered, and put on the window. Website logo branding work, all of the things delivered and brought there in a project that took us under a month, a little under a month, almost a month, do everything. And I paid with my own cash for everything in advance so I can deliver everything to your client and issued an invoice. The total for everything was guess in euros. Guess how much was it in euros? So let me do, do this once again. Branding work, nine for windows, 300 mugs, website. And front-end work coding. Because you said it was too cheap, I'm going to say 750 euros. Okay, you're not way off base. It was a thousand euros flat. It was with VAT. Okay, that's with nice. With VAT. So if, when we deducted all of our costs and we removed everything and just see how much it was left just for our hours put into the work, we were paid half of what a student was earning their time at McDonald's. So I was just about to say, you couldn't go out for a burger, but you could buy your own burger to flip on your own barbecue at home. Maybe. One. Maybe. Split between but, the two of you. <laughs> yes, like one burger. So that was so miserable 
that, and I think I'm saying this publicly for the first time ever, that once it was all done and I was at home, uh, I actually broke down crying. I was like, this is how stupid I was. Once I did the math and once I realized how much time and effort and I loved the job, I loved the client, I loved uh, everything that we did. It was amazing. I, I put my heart and soul into the branding was great. Everything was amazing. And then when I draw the total line and see how much I actually made, I was like, okay, I need to change this. What do I do? And then I started to ask people, how do I go from being miserable while doing what I love to getting to a place where I actually am valued for what I do? And then it turns out that I was not valued. I was just underpricing myself. Client valued me. Client thought I was amazing. And they paid me happily because they thought it was cheap. So it was a hard lesson to learn. There is advice of people. I think I recently seen a video of Alex Horwazi that where he says, if you're starting a new business, do your first clients for free or for absurdly cheap just to get first five clients that are going to, that you're going to deliver amazingly to and that are going to be your word of mouth promotion in the world. Even if you didn't make money of that deal, if those clients kept making you new clients, it was a good deal. If they haven't, then it was not a good deal. But yeah, it, they was, it was not a good deal. I mean, uh, you know, you A, got a project under the belt. B, you completed a client. C, you have a reference. You have a, something in your portfolio. D, you have a huge lesson on... You don't know what you want to do. But you don't. You know what you cannot allow to happen again. Exactly. That's 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 so true. And one thing that kind of going back to doing work for free, and this is something that I tell people constantly, is you should put your name out there because even if you know what you can do and you know that you have certain skills that you want to market and, and, and go out into the world, but you have nothing to show for it, I say, yes, do the work for free, but I wouldn't do that to potential clients that can pay for it. I would work with either like an NGO or something that you believe in or something that has a cause that you think is worth your time. And I would apply to them and say, hey, I, I think you're doing great work. This is what I do. Can I do something for you for free? I would just ask that I am allowed to use that in my portfolio. And if you somebody asks you, please forward my name, tell them that I did this for you. And when I would use this for free, I did this a couple of times. I would issue an invoice with full price and then I would add 100% discount. So discount. those people knew exactly how much it was worth. And then I would just ask them, somebody asked you how much did you pay for this? Tell them the full price. Don't tell them about the discount. So they understand the value that this is. And then they can, if they reach out, they know exactly what to expect. So the pricing and the value can be a completely different topic. It's a topic Absolutely. That... So I was and about I, to say that. that. You and I, so for those of you who don't know how this podcast became, because Tom and I, decided to have a coffee like this uh, every now and then. And we basically brainstorm about a lot of his ideas, a lot of my ideas, a lot of things that we, he and I encounter in business. And then, uh, you know, new ideas pop up and then I have a book a recommendation for his problem. He has a podcast recommendation for my problem, things like that. Some advice, some experiences, some people in our networks. And then at one point, I think it was either me or you that posted it on LinkedIn. And people said, hey, I want in. I would like to watch this. I would like to listen. I would like to brainstorm with you. So we're like, okay, maybe people actually want to watch our mental diarrhea. So <laughs> this is how we, how we uh, came about. And I started saying all of this because... Uh, pricing. Uh, 
because pricing, yeah, because we also talk about pricing every now and then, but pricing is a whole new different area, how to understand your value, how to set your value, how to, and again, as we're now talking to a lot of people that watch us and give us initial feedback, there's a guy that said that he loves owning up to mistakes that he's done in his business. And I told him, if you love owning up to mistakes that you've done, you need to watch this. The only thing we do is own up to mistakes that we've done in our business. <laughs> if somebody went through a fine comb through my business, it was just like a series of mistakes. Right? But I think we should we should definitely make an episode on pricing. And in the future, we can get to a point, I would love to have guests with us who would talk about specific areas where we are uh, not as, as in design and development. Translation but, to English, who would actually know what they were talking about. Exactly. <laughs> and for pricing, for pricing, I already have a guy in mind, and I'll, I'll see if he's up to it. But having said that, I think we can conclude this one here, wrap it up, leave a little teaser. Oh, and I didn't say this one. Hey, if you listen to this point, reach out, and I'm going to... Send you like an ebook for free that I have a bunch on, on the Amazon uh, Kindle thing. Yeah, the Kindle thing. I have a couple that I was giving away in my in my newsletter, and for some reason I have a bunch laying around. And even now, with all of our twenty two listeners, nobody reached out yet. Twenty three, sorry. So out of all twenty three people who are listening to this, send me a message on Twitter or somewhere, and I'm going to send you a book. Or if not, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do nothing with it. <laughs> but wait, wait, if we're concluding on a topic now, so in three bullet points, pros and cons of being an employee, being a freelancer, being a business owner, go. Oh, you're asking me. I thought you have three yes. bullet points. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm asking you. I can do the same thing afterwards, but ladies okay. first. Okay, ladies first. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Please don't call me Shirley. Uh, number one, being an employee, I don't have any benefits that come into mind apart from you have the security to I, I don't know I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm very against regular employment and I would tell everybody do it to gain experience but use it as a stepping stone do not fall into a trap that is a regular salary because it's a trap and this is how they get you and this is how you get to build other people's dreams in exchange for currency and that's not a way to live. That's number one. Being a freelancer, uh, in a one bullet point, is if you want to have the flexibility and freedom to work on your own time with clients that you like and that like you, this is a way to go and gives you certain flexibility in terms of travel and where you live and what you do. And you don't have to do this, but it gives you an option. And then in terms of building a business, again, I sacrifices saying those freedoms that freelancer has, but you're basically building the leverage that you can then pull later on and remove yourself from the business, let business run instead of you. And then you can live off of that. Hopefully uh, I'm not there yet. I'm just repeating what smarter and way successful people said. Uh, do I want to get there? I don't know, but if this is where you want to be, do that. I'm kind of more in a position do what you love today. Do not place bets on the future that may never come. You never know what future holds. So I would rather live today than live for the promise of tomorrow that will never come. Okay. I pretty much agree. So if you choose, if you don't have any ambition of fulfilling yourself through a career, getting a job is great. Job is safe. Job gives salary. Job, you don't care 
about what happens. You'll always get salary. And I have friends who do that. I have a friend who is great at his job. Everybody loves him at his job, but he does not really ambitious. He doesn't care for it. He plays bass. He plays, he has a garden. He has a, a renovated a Volkswagen Buba. He, a Beetle. He has 7,000 copies. He plays board games. He goes traveling. He, and the, the job is just a way for to make things happen. And he's perfectly happy with that. And he makes it work and go for it. Freelancing, in my opinion, is amazing if you're actually going to take advantage of the free in freelancing. So if you're a freelancer, then do take advantage of your free time. Do take two-month breaks to go to visit Tenerife. Do, you know, do decide to, to do something with you. Do have a pet project on your own. Do digital nomading, whatever. You know, use it. That's why you're doing it. Uh, uh, and if you're building a company, then like Tom said, uh, it's going to take shitload of hours, shitload of effort, but hopefully at one point you'll be able to step away and it's going to be a self-functioning machine that is going to be working without you. And I don't mean to sound like a dick at this point, but sort of for you. So depending on which of those three is your ambitions, choose one. Don't necessarily think that they are stepping stones. You can Choose either one of them at any point and just focus on that. What focus your eight hours a day on or 10 hours a day on or 12 hours a day on, whatever your, is your passion, whatever drives you, whatever you focus on, will work for you. So whatever you put effort, time and focus into, it will work for you. Yep, 100%. Where you put your energy, this is what happens. So nothing more to say to that. Uh, I think this is great. This was a great episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody for you realize that you realize that when we watch it later, it's gonna be a. Yeah. I'm not gonna watch it later. I'm I'm very. I follow the philosophy of Helen Mirren when she's making her movies. She loves the process of making movies, and then she lets it go. I love the process of recording these podcasts. I don't watch them. I just let them go. <laughs> they go into the wild. Whatever people think, they think. If somebody wants to give us a comment, I would love that. I love feedback, but I don't watch them. We did our best, and I need to be satisfied with that. So once again, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Mario. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Enjoy, people. Bye.